0: revelations chapter two if you would be so kind revelations chapter two revelations actually let's go to one revelations chapter one and verse the last verse of chapter one I just want to share some thoughts with you today praise the Lord I'm leaving on a trip tomorrow to the what people have called the dark continent but we don't call it the dark continent we call it the light continent because the light of God is rising in that place and uh, god has called us there i've been in many countries around the world over thirty two years and it's wonderful when you go and god's asked you to go like brazil for example last year he told me to go and God did some wonderful things. But there's a difference when God tells you go and plan to work somewhere. That's more than him just telling you to go. That's an assignment from heaven. And so there's another level of anointing and of grace and of power and of supply that comes with that kind of flow. And so my wife is staying home and she's staying home to take care of you all. And she'll be preaching. I expect you to show honor to her like you would to myself, both on, on, on uh, this coming Wednesday and Sunday. And I'll be back uh, just on Monday. So it's only a short trip. It's uh, six days that we're on the ground but uh, we're going to get a lot done and there's a pastor's conference that we're going to have our sons of africa conference our first one and uh, there's a number of pastors that are coming from all over the country pastor matthew said they're traveling from everywhere to come and uh praise god i don't really fully know everything that god is about to do but i just know he said start and and just do this conference and he's going to unfold the plan as we go and uh, praise God, we're also preaching on Sunday for the first time, and there they put the roof up. Uh, we borrowed money. We're going to take an offering later in the year to help pay that back. But we borrowed money, and we've sent him the money, and they have put the roof up—the the tin roof, the zinc roof that they talked about—so that the rains, you know, don't wash us away. And we're going to be there next Sunday morning in their open-air building with their fledgling church, and we're going to. We're going to start. We're going to plant that flag. Praise God. And it's going to be wonderful. But uh, anyway, so I was meditating, obviously, on these things. And the Lord dropped some thoughts in my some things in my spirit to share with you today. And I'm entitled it uh, occupying with angels and with the mantle, occupying that place in the spirit. And uh, and I want to just I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. So can you can you can you oh, can you just forget about your to do list and about the gospel bird that might be in your Oven. Well, you don't because you're having lunch today, so there's no gospel bird in the oven today. Can you just focus with me and not think about anything else but what we're talking about? Because you have to kind of catch this message today, okay? More than theologically, you need to catch it in your spirit. And so let's start this journey together and we'll be done by noon. So I'm starting a little earlier because I I got some things to share with you. So Revelation chapter 1 verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So there were symbolic things that God was showing here, angels and candlesticks, stars and candlesticks, which represented the churches. And there were seven listed here in Revelation. And uh, of course, they represent the churches throughout time. It wasn't just churches at that day, physical churches, although they were physical churches, but it represents the churches throughout the generations until Jesus would return. But That doesn't just mean that this applies to these exact seven churches because it represents periods of time in the church age it applies to us today and we are one of the every church that God authors has has this special place in the spirit that he's authored them to occupy now a lot of churches start that God didn't start the church you can't start a church without God starting the church because if you do, you're not going to have any power and it's going to be empty and dead. And if it grows, it doesn't grow because God's growing it. It's growing because their message or their lack of message or their secret sensitive or telling everybody that they can live however they want. Then it, people love that, carnal people love that. So it grows that way. But that doesn't mean because it's a large church that God started the church. Are you with me? It does not mean that. Because when God starts a church and he doesn't start every church that's out there, you know, we call, talk about false prophets. Well, there's a lot of false pastors. Yes. Every ministry office has a falsity, has a mimic to it where the devil will put in false people in that office to, 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 to dismantle and to what's dilute is the word I'm looking for, to dilute what God's trying to do in that city. Because the more people that are shaved off to go to all these churches that God didn't start right, means that there's less people. Yeah. Just yeah. like when you vote with a political party, it, the enemy will try, the other party will try to split the vote yeah. Yeah. because yeah. they don't want yeah. them to gain the ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to split the church, yeah. not just splitting like our church splitting. I mean, he, he'll look at the church as a whole and you'll raise up false churches yeah. with ambitious hirelings yeah. that are not authored by God. Yeah because he's pulling the people from where God wants them into these fancy things with all their fancy stuff. And, uh, and then it, and it, and it reduces, it dilutes the potency of the real churches. But that's okay because, you know, the devil, you know, you can't make people hear from God. You can just hear from God yourself and do what God's told you to do. And that's about all you can do, right? So I want you to notice here that the, he says that there are stars and there are candlesticks, there are angels and there are churches. Now, I want you to know that there's different people that believe differently. But Dr. Dufresne, Dad Hagen believed and taught us, especially Dr. Dufresne, that that word angel, it says angel, but it means more than angel because if you studied in the Greek, it means messenger or pastor. So I'm not not, not the caliber of Dr. Dufresne, not even close, but I can hear from God and, and Dad's gone, so he's gonna talk to other people. He can't talk to, doctor can't talk to us anymore. So we can't look to him for further revelation on this. So God's going to show it to those that seek him and that are hungry for him. Yeah. And so I said, Lord, is there anything further? Because doctor had progressive revelation. We have progressive revelation. And the Lord said to me a little while ago, he said, notice that I put the word angel and I didn't put the word pastor. Although angel means pastor because it means messenger. And an angel and a pastor are both messengers. Right. He said, but notice I could have put the word Pastor. He said, but I didn't put the word pastor, and there's a reason why I didn't put the word pastor. Because if I'd put the word pastor, the emphasis in people's minds would only have been on the human being. They would have ignored the angelic assistance that is provided to the local church. So I put the word angel in there, which implies both. It's a messenger of both realms, the spiritual realm and the natural realm. But I emphasize angel because I want people to realize that there is an angelic assistance in the local churches that I plant. You're not doing it only on your own. There is a help from heaven in the form of angels with every place that God has authored. And because God has authored us in this church, there is an angelic help for us in this church. Are you listening? Because God called you to be a part of this church and you are here and you are faithful, the angels that are assigned to this church will also help you because you are a member and a part of this church. So what I'm saying is that you're blessed because you have, you have your own individual angels as a believer, no matter what church you go to. But when you go to a church that God has authored and there's angels helping that church, those angels will also help you with the assignments that you have. Listen now in connection to the church, they're not helping you with assignments that you have for your business or for your other life, whatever you're doing. That is your personal angels that assist you in that. But when you are doing things for this vision and for this church, the ministry angels assigned to this work will aid you in helping you what you do for this church. And you need to be very aware of that. Now have a look at chapter two, verse five. Now remember, from whence thou art fallen and do the first works i'm not getting into what all the first works are that's another sermon i just want you to focus on the next part or else i will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent do you see that so when the local church did you notice it says remove the candlestick out of not its place out of his place Because the candlestick is a church, but there is always a person that is in that seat of authority in that church called the pastor. And this is referring to the pastor's, the pastor's anointing an office. I will remove out of, I will remove the candlestick or the church or the minister that stands there. I'll remove them out of their place, out of his place, which shows that just because God started something doesn't mean you can act however you want after he starts it. Because the anointing that, and the angelic aid is conditional on certain things that that church has to preach and the way that they have to live and the doctrines they have to uphold. You can't just have God bless you and then start preaching heresy or preaching that you can do whatever you want with your sexuality, or preaching you can you can do whatever you want here or there or whatever, you've got to stay with the word. And if the word is maintained, then God will keep anointing that candlestick and the, that angel will be there and that pastor will help. The pastor does things the angel can't do. The angel can't preach, the pastor preaches. The, the angel doesn't have a voice in this realm, the pastor has the voice in this realm. But the angel can do the pa- things the pastor can't do. The angel can go and cause situations and influence people and remove roadblocks and do a lot of stuff that the pastor can deal with demon forces a lot of things the pastor can't do. The pastor uses authority and the angel works with that authority, but there is an angelic aid for every local church. And I'm saying this for a reason, so just go with me. There is, an, there is a pastoral office for every church, and there is an angel angelic assistance for every church. And what God is saying is that if you don't pay attention and live right and preach right and act right, he said, I'm going to remove the candlestick, remove the church, remove the pastor's, the pastor's office from that place that I set you in. Yeah. Now, here's a very important thing, because I said, Lord, we, Pastor Nancy says all the time, occupy a place in the spirit. Where's that in the Bible? I want a scripture for it, if I'm going to say it. And so he took me to this scripture and he said, look at the word place up. You see the word place there? I remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. That word place in the Greek, it means to occupy. It means not, a, not a, just a, a location that is uninhabited. It means a place with a specific occupancy. It means a place of occupying. So when he says, I'll remove your candlestick out of the place that it occupies, or I'll remove you as a ministry, as a pastor, out of the place that you occupy. Well, what's a place you occupy? It's in the spirit. He's not talking about a physical building. So if he can remove you out of a place that you occupy, obviously you had to occupy to begin with, or he wouldn't have nothing to remove you from. So we have scriptural evidence that a ministry and a pastor occupy a place in the spirit and there are angels to assist in that occupation. Now that sounds a little bit, you know, that word occupy place. I mean, a lot of people don't really understand what it means. And so what I'm going to do when I get home, I was up very early this morning and the Lord started talking to me and he said, I'm pleased with what you've been talking about faith and believing and slowing down and meditating. He said, but when you come home from Africa, I want you to do a a, a series on what it means to occupy a place in the spirit because a lot of people don't understand it. What does it mean to occupy a place? Because it sounds like, you know, like wispy words. Well, I don't know what that means, a spirit place and I'm there. Like, what are you talking about? I come to church and I go home and I do my job and I walk my dog. And what are you talking about occupying places in the spirit? It can sound a little bit out there. And, and God doesn't want it to be out there for you. He wants you to understand it so that you can actually do it. Because a whole congregation is required to occupy a place if this ministry is going to go forward. I can't occupy it only because it's not just the pastor. The pastor, if the pastor doesn't do it, doesn't matter how much you do it, the church won't go forward until he removes the, the, per, the pastor that's blocking the way. You know, that's why he said, I'll remove you if, if you don't repent. But, but if the pastor's occupying, the pastor's not the only one. There is a rep- responsibility on the whole congregation to occupy. If that whole ministry is going to go growth to growth, glory to glory, level to level, and accomplish the plan of God, in which case all of you get the same reward as I do when you get to heaven because you all were a part of occupying what God was doing in the earth through this local church. That's why you've got to know that you're called here, and you've got to set your heart and not get offended and just abort the plan of God, because you're important to where we're going. And your occupation in your, your puzzle piece is important in the puzzle, because if we finish the puzzle and there's one piece left, it's very frustrating, because that beautiful puzzle does not look complete. And you're searching under the couch for that piece. And you're looking in the garbage and you feel like crying because you did all that work and now it looks awful and god is looking for people that have disjointed and disconnected and he's looking for them to get them back to where they belong because they are needed we are all needed we're going to talk about that when I get home, but I'm just giving you a little bit of a, a heads up or a little bit of, because I want to get to something specific, but I'm doing this a bit as an introduction. So how, what do you, what do you do to occupy the attitude of occupation, the requirements and the benefits? If the devil can get you not to occupy, he hinders the work. Right. So when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about this a bit more. Your occupation and your occupying a place with me is critical. Amen. And the Lord said, you need to emphasize this. You need to emphasize this for where you're going as a ministry. You need to emphasize this. So we're going to talk about that. But this is a little bit kind of of an introduction, and I'm using this as a launching pad to get into something else. So Pastor Nancy always said this, often says this statement, uh, that we're occupying a place in the Spirit or that we're stepping into places of the Spirit. Stepping into more places of the Spirit. Dad Hagen would put it this way. I often heard him say, we're going further in the Spirit. We're not satisfied with where we are today. We're going further in the spirit Further in the plan of god further in our calls further in our businesses further in our income further in our love walk Nothing with god stays stagnant. Everything is moving And when we talk about occupying a place, I want you to know god planted this church I did not plant this church. God planted this church. And Dr. Dufresne was the one that I submitted to, and he was not going to come. And an angel walked through the wall and said, you will go to that church and you will preach. I've come from the throne of heaven to give you instruction. Because the enemy tried to abort this little tiny fledgling church before it was even really up and running. But God knew that doctor and pastor Nancy's divine association with me was critical to the success of your life and the success of my life. And so he sent an angel from his throne room into that hotel room to tell doctor you're going to go and you're going to put your stamp of approval on Craig field and you're going to preach at that church and you're going to be a daddy to him. And he was. And in his, in, his, in his absence, Pastor Nancy has stepped up and continued that assignment. Amen. And God planted this. That means, Jenny, he, in the spirit realm, he carved out a place. Yes. And he said, this place of authority, Dr. Sumrall called it seat of authority. Yes. Dad Hagen called it a place of the spirit. This is, means the same thing. This place belongs to Promise of Life Church. This place, now I have to put a man in there to lead them with skin on who has a voice to preach, who the anointing can come upon. That is going to be Craig Field. As long as he obeys and if he doesn't, I'll replace him because everybody's replaceable. And I'm going to give an angel to that church, more than one, that is going to help them with that assignment because every candlestick has an angel and a pastor because I need help from that realm that I can't do everything on my own. And I'm going to give him a congregation. Otherwise, he's not really a pastor. If you don't have sheepfold, you're not a pastor. You're not a shepherd. And they're going to occupy that place in the spirit with him. That's right, right? The problem is not all of you are occupying. The Lord said to me this morning early, he said, many attend few occupy. Many attend, few occupy. I can't make you occupy, but when I get back, I'm going to show you how. And then when you stand before Jesus at the Bema seat, he's going to ask you if you listen to your pastor. Because your rewards in heaven are directly related to whether you occupy and you help the kingdom of God through the church he planted you in. That is his primary emphasis in your life is helping the kingdom of God through the local church that he planted you in because it's not mainly by conferences and conventions. Dad Hagen said by the spirit, Jesus told him in the last days of which we're in, I'm raising up strong local churches because if people get saved in a conference, there's nowhere to disciple them. But when they get saved in, a, when they get saved in the conference, they have to come in to a local church. Because a local church is where you are discipled and growed up. But the, he is raising up strong local churches. And God doesn't want people to attend. He wants people to occupy. Attendance is passive. Occupation is aggressive. It has action to it. And we'll talk about that in this, as this I'm launching this series today. But we're going to get to it. Uh, as, as I go, but I want you to know that we're so we have this place. We're occupying this place That means are you listening? There is things about the city because he's placed us in the spirit in this physical location that we have rights We have rights to yeah. Amen. We have a right to a building yes. That's part of occupying a place yes. We have a right to souls yes. We have a right to expand yes. We have a right to be on the radio we, Whatever he tells us that's in the vision. It's part of the occupation do you understand? And now we're not just having, it's not stagnant. It's not like, well, we occupy this thing and it's going to be like that till the rapture. God is always growing and progressive. That's why Dad Hagen said we always go further in the spirit. So, whatever we're occupying last year, we're occupying more this year because He is progressive. Do you understand? But we can't do it if we don't understand even what occupying means. And we got to live right, and we've got to live clean, and we've got to live holy. And there's different criteria if you're going to go further. You don't have to go further. You can stay right where you are all your life. But I've decided I'm not doing that. My mama has told me many times privately, we need to go into other places of the spirit. We need to expand the reach of God through our lives and through our ministries into our cities and around the world. Because God needs people like us. People that have the spirit of faith about them, yes. people that understand the word of God and not just a bunch of yelling and emotionalism like many denominations are, but no substance. Yes. We may yell and be emotional and dance and shout, but we've got the word, yes. we've got faith, and we understand that, and that's what pleases him. Yes. Are you listening to me? Praise God. So, we're, and the people assist. People assist in us moving places in the spirit. Now, I'm not going to get into it, but I do want to say it is, it is Pastor appreciation day. So this kind of extra applies, even though it was in my sermon anyway, but I want to extra bring emphasis to it. Okay. That the people you are helping me go further in the spirit, if you learn to occupy, yes. if you just attend, well, thank God for you. I appreciate you. You'll do a little bit here. You'll do a little bit there. You will put your tithe in. But you're not doing much spiritually you're helping and there's a reward for you for helping in any capacity But i'm talking about people that will understand what we're really talking about here And how to occupy a place and then how to take ground and go further in the spirit Now as we do this as we occupy as a congregation not just myself alone What happens is as we are As this place the things of the spirit are sometimes hard to explain in english I'm trying my best to make it simple so you can understand it because sometimes these phrases can be lost on people. But as we are, as we are fulfilling the plan of God as a local church in Toronto, promise of life, as we're occupying that place, as you occupy, and I'll talk more than the weeks to come, what occupying means for you, because this I have certain functions and you have certain functions and our functions are similar but different. And if I don't do it, we won't go forward. And if you don't do it, we won't go forward. And we need each other and I can't do it alone and you can't do it without me and I can't do it without you. That's why God does it as a symbiotic relationship because we need each other, we're a team. You understand, I can't get a big head and you can't get a big head because we need each other, we're a team. But as we move forward, now this is what happens, are you listening? If, if we're occupying properly, Which not all of us are because you just not because your hearts are bad. You just don't know So my job is to teach you then if you don't do it your heart's bad But if you do it after we teach you then 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 you just didn't you're you're you get a pass for not doing it Initially because you just didn't know But as we occupy what happens Certain things and this is what people don't really understand certain things called visitations from heaven start to happen Because when we occupy that place of the spirit and when that anointing is strong on us and you're doing your part to pray and to be faithful and not to talk and whine and argue and complain and I'm doing my part to seek God and to be bold to speak forth what he says, things will come out of this pulpit half the time that I don't even fully understand or know myself because oftentimes there's spontaneous utterance. Other times he shows me in advance and then, I, and then it's not spontaneous, but it's still revelation. But as we occupy, things will come out of this pulpit. Revelations will come out of this pulpit. Visitations will come out of this pulpit to help you and to help the lost and to help people that are part of this vision. But those, those visitations and those, those revelations, they don't come out as frequently if there's not an occupation in prayer. So the more people occupy, the more things will come out of the pulpit that people need to hear. Yes. And if they, and the prayer is not made, if the occupation of prayer lives is not strong, occupying in the spirit that place, then the, the, the revelation and the force coming out of the preaching from me and the guest ministers will be abated and will be waned yes. and will be lesser. Yes, right. That means revelation will be lesser. Yes. That means you catching things will be lesser. Amen. That means your help will be lesser. Yes, amen. That means the visitation that you get from heaven through this office will be lesser. But do you know that there are, because we are to a measure occupying right now, that means to a measure, we're having visitations from God every Sunday. You say, what? Did God show up? I didn't see God show up. That's because you don't understand what the word visitation means. You're thinking about when Dad Hagen said, I had a visitation from Jesus, and he had an open vision. That is one kind of visitation. That is not the primary kind. That is an exception. That is not the rule. What is the main kind of visitation that God wants for the church or even for a nation is he he visits them through the offices that he's given as gifts into the earth and you say give me scripture I'm glad you asked brother junior Luke chapter 19 very quickly Luke chapter 19 I want you to see this in verse 42 and we can really get into it but I don't have time to get into it in depth we might bring it up another week but watch now and it says in verse 41, Luke 19, 41, and when he was, when Jesus was near, he beheld the city, it was Jerusalem, and he wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Peace is hid from them. When peace is hid from you, what does that mean? You have turmoil. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about these, prophesying about 70 A.D. when the Romans come, and compass thee round and keep thee on every side, and they shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Watch all this judgment, all this problem. Why? Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. If you recognize the visitation, you'll have peace. You'll have prosperity. Enemies will not touch you. But when you reject the time of your visitation, all manner of havoc, turmoil and torment come upon you. What does the word visitation mean? People think it means a vision or a dream or God showing up. The word visitation in the Greek is the word episkope, which is where you get the word episcopalian. Okay, it means bishop, pastor, or elder. What it's saying is the word visitation, episkope is the same word you use for pastor. It's the same word you use for an office that stands before people to preach to them. What was Jesus saying? He wasn't talking about a vision. He's not talking about a vision being their visitation. That is a visitation, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's saying, I am the office. And Jesus stood in all five. I am the office that has come to you. I am the episcopate. I am your bishop. I am your preacher. I am your pastor, apostle, teacher, evangelist, prophet. I am that one. And God, listen, visited you through my office. But you rejected it. Therefore, you're going to have trouble. And they had trouble. But if you receive the visitation through an office, you'll have peace. I'm simply saying to you, you should be grateful you have a pastor. Uh, and this was not planned today to say this. Actually, I'd forgotten it was Pastor appreciation day until when, after I'd written this. And then I thought, oh, well, that kind of maybe, you know, that's kind of interesting. That kind of applies. But I'm not saying it for the sake to say it on this day particularly. Because it's part of the message anyway. And I preach this. I preach whatever God says. I don't preach a Mother's Day message on Mother's Day. I preach whatever the Holy Ghost says. I'm not preaching a Pastor Appreciation Day message today. I'm preaching what the Holy Ghost said. It just this happens to have some application. Uh, God has that mastery way of orchestrating things. But I'm simply telling you, you should be grateful that you have a pastor and that God saw fit to give you the gift of a pastor and to place you, First Corinthians twelve eighteen, in the body as it pleased him, not as it pleased your gas bill, not as it pleased your convenience schedule. He placed you even if you drive far, he placed you in a place. Why? Because you're occupying something with me. And as you occupy and you hold this ground in prayer and you're faithful and we'll talk later about all the actions you do to occupy, but as you do it, you are cause, you're helping me and you're setting a place for me to step into that higher anointing. And when I step into that higher anointing, more words and revelation and visitations from God for you come through the office. It is partly my responsibility to do certain things so that God will flow through me so that God will visit you through me. But there's also what a lot of Christians don't understand. Responsibility is on you to help me to step into that place so that the visitations of God can come through me to you so that revelations can flow out of this pulpit so that words that you need to hear. And not just that, words that our government needs to hear, yeah. words that the lost needs to hear, words, words that God puts in ministers' mouths divinely and supernaturally, okay. almost aside from the minister themselves because they don't deserve it. But God just chooses to come on the one that he's led, chose to lead that occupation of the spirit. And out of that mouth comes forth statements, comes forth revelations, comes forth judgments, comes forth blessings for you, for the nation, for the the community, for lots of different things. But all of it is a visitation from God through that office. You say, I want a visitation. Then show up Sunday morning. Randy Greer told me, he said, I'm just, Fed up with people yeah. saying, "Prophesy to me, O thou prophet," because they want a "yea." And again, I say, "Yea." That saith the Lord, "You're going to become a millionaire. You're going to marry a lady with red hair that drives a BMW." That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. That is a for, that is one type of prophecy, but it is not the only type of prophecy. And he said to me in the back room, "When I stand up and preach, I am the prophet that is prophesying to them." Jesus wasn't giving people personal words all the time. He was preaching the gospel. And he said, you're getting a visitation from God Almighty through my preaching. You don't need a personal word. That's one way, but it's certainly not the only way. So all I'm simply saying to you is that God has given us a place to occupy. And we're doing an okay job. But he said to me, many are attending, not occupying. So we've got to pick that up. The more I do it right... The more you help me, the more you make a supply available to me and to the other ministers that come, the more visitations will flow. The more revelations will come. The more words that you need to hear from heaven will show up in your life. But there's a part you play and there's a part I play. Hallelujah. We're going we're to get into that more because I need everybody in this church, whether you actually do it or not is another story. That's up to your heart between you and God and you'll stand and give an account. <laughs> You know, in this life, Jenny, everyone is so focused on their job, their retirement package, where they're going on vacation, their social media platform, and the little tininess of your life. But the minister's job by the Holy Ghost at times is to broaden your horizon and let you know it's not just about the tininess of your life right now. You're all going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and a lot sooner than you think. Because he's coming a lot sooner than you all think. And you're gonna stand before him and you're gonna give an account for every single word you've ever spoken. You're gonna have account for every action you've ever done. You're gonna give an account for how you treated the place he planted you called the local church. You're gonna give an account for ministry of helps. You're gonna give an account for how you treated your pastor. You're gonna give an account for what you did in tithes and offerings. You're gonna give an account for your witnessing opportunities that you passed up. Everything is going to be given an account for and sometimes we get into this little bubble of our little individual tiny lives And we forget that there's something larger broader and bigger waiting for us And if we would focus more on that what we're going our citizenship is in heaven We're going there and we're going to live there with him forever. And it's not a fairy tale. It's actually going to happen It will help you think differently of what you're doing today if you think of the bema seat of christ You're you're in heaven no matter what whether you get rewards or not you're there forever I mean you're safe, but your rewards is going to fluctuate with what you do on this planet You can't fake your resume It is written in heaven god already knows what you're doing and what you're not doing So I say that to say when I get into the series jenny and we talk about how people can occupy more skillfully because maybe all of you are to a measure, but some are more on the attendant side than the occupying side. And there is a big difference to God. If you will learn what it means and attempt, and I'll give you very practical things so that it doesn't overwhelm you, and attempt to just start to do more occupying the place with me instead of just attending the place with me. What will happen is more will happen in this ministry. We will start going further because of your help, we will start the anointing will increase because of your help revelations will be stronger because of your help uh, visitations from god will increase because of your help souls will increase salvations will increase miracles will increase everything finances will increase because when we occupy together we can do more than the minister occupying alone i'm trying to let you know we're a team here You know, the problem, brother Greg, is that you go to the sports event and you sit there in the stands and you watch them. But you're not part of the team. You're just watching the team do its thing. God, now you kind of are spectators because you're looking at me and you're coming here every day to. to, But you got to get out of the spectator stands mode to think I'm just watching what's happening. And then I go to my little life and I come back and I watch what the team is doing. And I go back to my little life and the team is Pastor Greg and the staff. No, uh, you're you're watching, but you're not in the stands. You need to be a participator spiritually, not just a spectator. You got to occupy, not just attend. Then when you come, you won't feel like you're watching the team do a jig for you. You'll feel like, no, I am the team. I've been praying for this. And God told me some things he was going to preach. And lo and behold, he preached them. Yeah. And I've been praying for that person to be saved. And lo and behold, they're saved. And I've been asking God to open a deaf ear. And look, we just got a deaf ear open. Yeah. I'm, a ti- I'm part of this. Yeah. And I, I, I may sit and watch, but I'm not in the stands. I'm, I'm participating. I'm an occupier with Pastor Craig. Yeah. You see, you can get into a part. You can get into a spectator mode. Yeah. Or you can get into, I'm part of this team mode. We've got to Greg get people to understand they're part of the team You're not just paying a ticket to watch a show (laughs) you are part of a very valuable team And if you will do your part more at home, I don't mean in the church house On your knees Everything will start to go Are you with me We have a place that we occupy and we have people to occupy with us. And then we go further as we all do our part. And as we go further, more visitations from heaven show up. God visits people through the offices. And occasionally he'll surprise us, Taylor, and you will just visit us outside the offices. He'll just show up in the Shekinah glory and everybody will fall down. Jesus might show up in person one day, there's many ways that God can visit us, but the primary most common way is through offices. He's speaking to us like he did Israel through the office that Jesus stood in, through the bishop, through the, as a preacher, there was a visitation through that. So where is your visitation? Your local church. You don't need to go to a conference. Your local church is the visitation from heaven. Praise God. You're not too bored. Now, let me say this. There's not just the pastoral place of the Spirit. See, we occupy a place, Jenny. In that place, there's angels. Mm. In that place, there's me. In that place, there's a congregation. Now, my, what I've been the longest in is the pastoral office right. of that place of the Spirit. But we're not like every other church. Yeah. Most churches only have a pastoral office in their place of visitation. Yeah. But I stand in multiple offices. And God did it, not me. And God announced it publicly through other ministers, not just through me. So I'm not getting a fat head here. What I'm simply saying is there is an office of the pastor that we occupy a place and that office is there. But in the same place we occupy with the office of a pastor, there's also the office of an apostle. Are you with me? Now, the Amy Simple McPherson anointing, which I'm not going to get into again, but I preached it in February on a Wednesday night. That Amy Simple McPherson, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then go listen to the February thing. I'm not repeating it. But that Amy Symbol McPherson anointing is the primary mantle. That mantle is on us. I was assigned that mantle from God, and I served it since I came to Canada. I served it in the other two churches, not even knowing it existed. Yeah. Then God put it on us through a divine and a granted appearance. Jesus, uh, the arm of heaven came. The roof disappeared. Doctor had this vision, and he saw that mantle come. And over the years, God has explained to us a lot of revelations since that day. That was June 28, 2010. Yeah. But since that, he's explained a lot. Now, that Amy Simple McPherson, which is what he saw, that mantle coming down, that is an anointing. A mantle is an anointing. Now, listen to me. That, are you listening to me? Are you still with me? That place we occupy has a pastoral office. And it has an apostolic office. Now, that mantle or that anointing is for the apostolic office. Because I'm not just a pastor. If I was just a pastor, then we wouldn't be talking about all this stuff. But I have an apostolic call and so do you because you occupy a place of the spirit with an apostle That means you have a part to play in that apostolic mantle Now that amy simple mantle is the primary mantle and it is for the apostolic work And it is primarily for this church and this region and this nation But it also applies to other works in the world because Schurz was a global apostolic anointing. I don't have all of it. I have a measure. I don't know how much. I'll assume it's small, but he said you have a measure of that. Apostolic Amy Simple McPherson anointing, and you're going to see it's going to start to, in 2024 and on, it's going to start to increase. But are you with me? Are you still with me now? In addition, I know this, that I'm going level by level by level, so you've got to concentrate. In addition to the pastoral, in addition to that apostolic Amy Simple, which is for this church, this nation, and certain parts of the world, there is a secondary mantle. It does not, it does not, it's not as high and as strong as the primary mantle, but it is still a mantle. It took me 40 days to get the Amy Simple one. It took me three days to get the second one but that second one was prophesied by pastor j years before about the john g lake mantle i didn't fully I, I knew john g lake i've read his book since i was 11 years old but i didn't fully know what he was talking about that there was a mantle to be picked up and over the years god got it over to me and then in 2000 was it 18 or 19 i can't even remember i think it was 19 i we said go to africa fast and pray water only for three days and you're going to pick up that mantle that he dropped i didn't fully understand even what i was doing there other than i'm picking up a mantle but while i was there god god supernaturally gave me a letter uh, that was out of print for many years and then i didn't even know i had it and he said open this book up and, and i started reading this letter by dr john g lake in one thousand nine hundred and twenty eight to somebody that was in Africa because he was there in the early part of the century, and then he went to Spokane, Washington, and other areas, and did healing rooms and other things. but in that letter, as he 's talking uh, he 's talking to them, he says and i 'm going to quote him now, but he says i 'll read the exact quote in a second, but he basically said there is this there 's this demand for me to go back to Africa, but because of the vitality and the vigor that it would be required. And he was in his 60s. He said, I don't have the strength to go back. Now, if he had, if he had not looked at his body, yeah. Yeah. Romans chapter, whatever it is, 8, 4, Romans 4. If he had not looked at his body, Abraham did not consider his own body, but was, was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He knew that he had an assignment to go back. Yeah. He didn't go back because he felt he would, he would not have the physical strength to do it. I know this is controversial, and I don't normally put it on live stream, but who gives a rip? I shared it in February anyway, so I can share it again. But when I was there fasting and praying in Johannesburg, which is the same city that he lived in, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if he had gone back, the reason he died young, if he had gone back, I would have filled him with the strength that he needed. And he would have done that last great campaign against the devil and his power in Africa he knew it in 1928, but he refused to go. And within a few years, he was dead at a very young age. 65 years old is a very young age. For a minister, that's a, that's a premature death. Why? He, I'm not judging. He was one of the greatest men of God alive, and he's one of my heroes. I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not bringing to shame or despair. I'm simply saying what God told me. He said he did not fulfill the fullness of my plan at the end of his life, like he did the beginning. And as a result, his life was cut short. He went home. He still got great rewards. But he said, when I was in Africa, now that assignment that he did not finish is what pastor Jay was prophesying to you years ago, that somebody needs to pick that up. And it's you son. And he said, you're here because the assignment that he had in the latter part of his life was not fulfilled. I want you to pick up. Now, listen closely. Not the full thing. I'm not the full thing. But he said, and he didn't tell me how much the measure was, but he said, I'm going to give you a measure of the mantle, a measure, whatever that means, of the mantle of John G. Lake to fulfill the assignment that he did not complete, which is why he went home early. So that anointing, and I picked that up in that hotel room after three days. And the last hour, Jesus walked in the room and he anointed me. And I knew that I picked up that, as that assignment and that anointing, that mantle for that work. But of course, God always does things far in advance. He doesn't ever do things like you think drive through. He does it slow. And that was a way back there that I did that. But that is the secondary mantle that is with us as we occupy this place. There's a pastoral, there's a primary Amy Simple that is for this work and different parts around the world, and then there's a secondary, which is John Lake, which is for Africa and Africa only. Yes. It is not for any other nation, or any other continent, I should say. It is for Africa and Africa only. Are you still with me? Because yes, I'm getting somewhere that I want you to hear. Pastor Nancy said these words. <laughs> she said in one of her conferences some years ago, that uh, God had told her because she participated, because she honored the pioneers of faith, uh, he, had, he's gonna, he was going to allow her to participate in what she honored. And he, because she honored Amy Simple McPherson, he was giving her Amy Simple McPherson's castle. But listen now, he said to her that there was an angel from the time Amy was alive, watching, holding over that castle wow. to make sure that it got into her hands and it was reserved for her and her alone. But an angel protected that in that service, God spoke to me. This is back in 2018, if you can believe it, five years ago, in January, the January meetings with Pastor Nancy. And God spoke to me in that service, and I had forgotten, because there's so many words, I forget some of them. But he brought my attention back to it, and in that service, he said to me, he said, there was an angel watching over that Amy Simple McPherson, the measure of the mantle that was reserved for you. However much that measure was, there was an angel watching over that because she said it has to go to, sou- to, to to southern ontario and the shores of toronto and take my mantle let there be a move of god in toronto that angel from the time she prophesied that watched over that anointing and made sure that that anointing got to the right men willard pierce and others in 1917 and made sure that it worked in that first church and then that it worked in evangel temple where i was a part of and then it worked in harvest family church where i was also a part of that mantle was moving and then it, when dr saw the roof disappeared it came on us but an angel watched over that yeah. Why? Because when you occupy a place, you have angelic assistance. And part of the occupation is the the offices, is the mantles, the anointings on the offices. So angels are connected to the anointings on the offices, and they'll even watch over to protect them to make sure that who God intends, because it's generational. It doesn't all happen in one day or even in one lifetime. It's generational. And so angels watched over that to make sure that it got to where it's supposed to get to. When it comes to the Amy Simpleman, that's amazing to me. Like the angel watched over a property up north, the Oasis. Like the angel watched over that hangar. And you've heard the stories about how in both cases, floods of offers came in as soon as we signed. How the angel watched over my house. How the angel watched over our plane. I mean, angels are critical. Why? Because when you are set in a place of the Spirit and there's a pastor and a congregation occupying that place, there are angels to assist. And they actually can assist with mantles and anointings as well as physical grounds and and properties and items. Then the Lord said in that same service, Jenny, I couldn't believe it when I read it today. I just couldn't believe it. I'd totally forgotten about that word early this morning. And and I read my own words as as I'm in that conference and the Lord spoke to me and he said, and so also for the John G. Lake mantle, there was an angel watching over that. I don't believe I have all of it. I believe other ministers will pick up other measures of it. But the measure that is assigned to me there was an angel watching over that mantle to make sure that, that I understood it and that I got there, that I was protected to get there and that I accomplished that three days to get that mantle. Are you listening? If an angel can help us make sure that it gets to us, don't you think the angel is as part of having it execute through us? If an angel gets it to us, don't you think as it's time for things to start actually manifesting now with that mantle, that the angel is not with us to help us in the manifestation of it? Because angels work with churches. Angels work with pastors. Angels work with candlesticks that are set in a place of the Spirit. They work with offices and they work with mantles and anointings. I'm teaching some deep things this morning that most people don't understand. and, And I thought, Lord, I could have a different sermon that would just be fluffy and sometimes people just want fluffy because they're tired but he said no you talk about this so I said okay and I know why because of what's coming I'm I'm, the best part is yet to come so just bear with me so as we occupy that place angels are with us now last night I'm praying a couple people joined me and we were praying and as we're praying an intercession was going forth I heard the Holy Ghost say to me go he's talking about tomorrow And he said it loud and he said it strong. Go with the mantle. Go with the mantle. Why? because if I occupy a place, I have a pastoral anointing and mantle, but I have this apostolic through Amy Symbol McPherson for this work and others, and I have the secondary apostolic mantle for John, from John G. Lake for the Africa work specifically. Right. And an angel watched over that to ensure that it got to this ministry all these years later. Are you listening? Yeah. I know you think this is hocus-pocus and and, and fairy tale stuff, but this is very real. The spiritual realm is more real than what you see in front of you. And the Lord said to me, "Now, now you're going. We're on the verge. I don't know if you understand what's about to happen. We're on the verge of our first conference. I've preached there before, but not under my own authority. This is our conference. Last time I just preached to a few pastors with another pastor borrowing his building. THIS IS THE SONS OF AFRICA CONFERENCE, THE FIRST ONE. AND GOD SAID TO ME, THE SONS OF AFRICA ARE DAWNING. THAT'S WHAT HE SAID TO ME. THE SONS ARE DAWNING. THE DEVIL'S HAD HIS FUN AND HIS DARKNESS HAS REIGNED OVER THAT LAND LONG ENOUGH, BUT GOD IS GOING TO RAISE UP AN ARMY OF CALEB'S AND JOSHUA'S, I'M TELLING YOU, AND THE SONS OF AFRICA ARE DAWNING the sun is coming up and Africa is going to see the glory of God. And why? Because it's time for that mantle that I have picked up for Africa to start coming to pass. Why? So that just as visitations come to you under that office, visitations will come to them through that apostolic office. That apostolic office under that mantle of john that anointing of john g lake i'm not going to just have fun i'm going to bring visitations from heaven to those people like when i come here it's not just fun it's to bring visitations to you but the more you help and pray the more visitations will come out to you and the more you help and pray the more will come out for africa because god will never are you listening he'll never let the minister do it alone why because then i can stand before him and say it was me. I get all the rewards. God doesn't like that. That's not humility. God never lets a minister do it alone. Even dad Hagen called Rachel Tifa and, and, and Phil Helverson and his wife Fern and Jeannie Wilkerson as intercessors and prayers and said, I can't get this done. I can't accomplish Raymond. I can't get these things done. The, th- the thing won't manifest in the earth. I need your prayers. You see, even the great dad Hagen needed people. We all need a team. That's why I keep telling you, when you occupy with me, more will happen in this church. But at the same time, when you, I'm transitioning to Africa now. When you occupy with me for Africa, because we occupy a place in the spirit in Africa, and we have an office, an apostolic office in Africa. We have angels that work with us in Africa. We have a mantle, an anointing from John G. Lake for Africa. We have a voice to speak under that mantle, under that anointing for Africa. And the more you help me occupy in prayer, the more will happen in Africa. And the more I teach these pastors how to occupy, they're paying witch doctors because they're afraid of their curses. Mm, I, I just mm, 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 mm. bring me the witch doctor, I'll show you how I'll pay them. I'll give them the five fold ministry, but they don't understand because they're afraid. Because they see witchcraft the way you don't see, yeah. Yeah. but we're going to occupy a place, and we're going to bring visitations from heaven to that place. And God said to me last night, "Go with the mantle." Yes, sir. Are you with me? Yes, sir. I know I keep asking that because I know this is not a typical sermon, and you're looking forward to your lasagna lunch and your carb coma that is about to follow the lasagna lunch. And you're you're saying, Pastor, just teach me a nice fluffy message on the fluffy pastor day. And I had a fluffy message. It had fluff everywhere you looked. It was wispy and sweet and kind. I had jokes in the message. It made you laugh. But he said, not that for today. He said, I want you because you're about to get on a plane, son. And I need these people. You've got another opportunity to tell them. You're going to get more into it when you get home. But you have an opportunity to remind them that you occupy. They occupy a place with you. There are offices in that place. There are mantles and anointings in that place. There are voices in that place. And there are angels in that place. And go now with the mantle and accomplish the mission. That means I need your prayers this week. Because you're going to occupy with me you're not just going to be a spectator and watch. That's right. Hallelujah. The Lord. When you occupy, <laughs> Dr. Sumrall said this, let me quote him. When you say yes to the plan of God, you also say yes to all the attacks that you will face. Yeah. Now that's a bit depressing. So I add a little extra to that quote. Doctor won't mind. He'll spank me when I get there. And you also say yes to all the blessings that you will encounter. Hallelujah. Listen, when you occupy, they're enemies. At the door of entrance, there are many adversaries. He said, when you say yes, I've said yes. There's many adversaries. You also say yes to all the problems. But because you know God's with you, and because you're occupying with a group of people, not alone, you know you're going to get through it. And he reminded me this morning, Jenny, and I'm, I'm winding down, winding down means winding down. But he reminded me of Shammah. I don't have time to read it, but it's in 2 Samuel 23, verse 11, that, that area there. And it says, May David's mighty men. And it says, and Shammah took the lentil field. And when everybody ran away and the Philistines were encroaching to take that land and steal it, they wanted the harvest. And one man stood alone with a sword (laughs) and he fought them until the sword clave was welded to his hand and he stood his ground in the lentil patch. And he said, listen to me, because I never saw this before the same way, Jenny, until early this morning when I was up praying, I heard the Lord say, as Shama stood alone and fought in that patch of lentils and refuse to let the enemies of God take that ground. That is a symbol and a shadow and you have the reality of that, the substance of that shadow and the reality of that type because what it means is that what was Shama doing? He took a ground and he said, I stand here. I occupy this place and you will not advance. Are you listening to me? honey, Brothers and sisters, when we occupy a place, it's like we're taking a stand. It's like we're saying that land in Africa and this land in Toronto is our land and devil, you're trying to encroach. You want to steal our harvest and take our land and we are standing against you. We will defend. What is that called? That's called occupying a place in the spirit. He occupied a place in the natural called lentils and we occupy a place in the spirit for far greater than lentils. We are occupying a place in the spirit for the harvest. He had a natural harvest to feed their bellies. We have a spiritual harvest. And I saw it like I've never quite seen that before. Shama occupied the place. And he said, you're not going to touch this place. This is my land. This belongs to King David. This is God's land. And he fought them and he won. My God, Jenny. There are enemies and we say yes. We say yes to all that goes with the plan. The blessings and the negatives. But we're like a Shama. That's what I'm trying to get over to you. When we're occupying this place in Toronto, you're with me. Don't let me be the only one like Shama was the only one. There should be a whole group of us in the lentil patch saying, this is our land. Devil, you back off. Not only are you not touching it, we're going to start taking your land. When I go to Africa, you're standing with me in the lentil patch saying, this is our land. You're not touching this land. And we're going to take this land and grow this work. You see, in the spirit, Jenny, if we deal with things in the spirit, the natural will just follow suit. It's not hard to win souls if you win them in the spirit. It's not hard to deal with devils and opposition and attacks if you deal with them in the spirit, but you got to deal with them in the spirit. That's called occupying the place of the spirit. Shama showed us in the natural realm, but we see the spirit, the symbolic parallel in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Now this is new. I haven't even told my wife this because he said this to me early in the morning and I'm closing with this. He said to me early this morning, Jenny, he said, do you remember, which I had technically forgotten, he said, do you remember that the Amy Simple McPherson mantle came in 1917? I said, yes, I remember that. He said, and when did I start talking to you about the mantle? I said, Lord, I remember it was 2017. It was a hundred year anniversary. He said, now, do you remember that the Amy Simple McPherson, the revival started in 1924 and went to 1932? And he said, do you remember I told you in 2017 that around, he didn't say exactly, but he said around the 100-year anniversary of the downtown Toronto revival with her mantle, there would be another move of God and it would come through your church. I said, Lord, I remembered that, but I'd forgotten the dates, to be honest with you. He said, around 2024, to 2032. That's the hundred years. Then he said to me, look back at that letter that you read where John Lake said that he gave, he decided not to return. He knew there was something more to do in Africa, but he felt he was too weak. You know, the date was November 1928. And the Lord said to me this morning, I'm telling you, this is by revelation. I would not say this otherwise, Jenny, this is by revelation. He said, I told you that around between the times of 2024 and 2032, there's going to be that mantle is going to manifest itself on that hundred year anniversary. And he said, and the same shall be with the John Tree Lake mantle. He said in 2028, he said, this thing is going to explode now. That, that means something, but, but I actually wasn't shocked. Because when I was in Minnesota last week, the Lord also spoke to me and he said, he said this very clearly to me. He said, I haven't got into it. I haven't taught it yet. I haven't had time to teach it yet. But he said, you know, that the last day, great remove of God, your Jerusalem years, you know, that that's 2027 doctor prophesied it. We've talked about that before, but he started explaining some things to me that I didn't know based on this individual church in in the, in the, in the, in the spiritual realm, it starts in 2027. But he said to me last weekend, and he gave me reasons why, and I I can't get into it now, I'll get into it later. But he said, your church, it starts in the spirit in 2027. That's what Dr. prophesied. But he said, your Jerusalem years, you won't actually access them till 2028. And he told me why there's a slight delay. And I'll explain that to you another time. But he said to me last weekend, now, did you see how it's progressive? Because I didn't know stuff till this morning, but I didn't know that other stuff till last weekend. But he said, last weekend, he said, you're going to step into some things in 2028. That's when your Jerusalem years are going to start to manifest. Dr. Prophesied 27, you're going to step into it in 28. And then he said to me, listen, he said, your international works will explode. I said, what do you mean? He said, the international works are in a preparatory season right now in your Hebron years. But when you hit your Jerusalem years... They're going to explode. And listen, he said, and they'll start exploding in 2028. That doesn't mean they'll start. They're starting now. But they'll start exploding in 2028. Are you listening? Yes. Now, this morning, he's talking to me about Africa and go with the mantle. And he says, read that letter about John G. Lake again when he laid that assignment down, which you have now picked up. And I, he said, look at the date. And it's November 20, 1928. He said, what did I say to you last weekend, boy? I said, you told me that it's preparatory time now and that in 2028, the international works are going to explode. And he said, that's right. Because in 2019, 28, he laid down an assignment and a hundred years from that date, it is going to explode in the, in the continent of Africa. And he said, and then he said, five years you have trained Pastor Matthew on your soil and five years you will train him on his soil. I could not figure that out. I could not make that up, Jenny. We started in 2018, yes. and he just went there this year, 23. That's right. Five years, he said, you've trained him on your soil, meaning Canada, yeah. America. And he said, for the next five years, we're starting with this trip tomorrow. He said, for the next five years, you're going to train him on his soil, meaning Africa. He's halfway through his training. I didn't know that until early this morning and he said in 10 it's 10 years of training for him and he said in the 2028 his training will finally be complete and that will coincide with the time of your jerusalem years and the last day move of god and it coincides with the 100 year anniversary when john lake laid it down and you have picked it up but i couldn't have you pick it up in 28 because there was time to prepare and if you picked it up you would have missed it i'm giving you 10 years to prepare But in 2028, Africa will explode. He already told me this morning. And I'm bold to say it out loud because he said, you say it out loud, you've got to put things on record in the spirit. It started in 18 with training on yours. It continues in 23 for five years of training on his. And yes, he's gonna see some fruit and good stuff is gonna happen. And we're gonna get pastors organized. But he said, it will explode in 2028 because your Jerusalem years are explosion years. And he said, the Amy Semple McPherson mantle, that is gonna explode 100 years later, which is 2028. 2024 to 2023 to 2032, halfway between that is 2028. And he said, you're going to step into your Jerusalem years in 28. And the mantle for Amy Simple is going to start to explode then. And the mantle for Africa is going to start to explode then. Because the Hebron years are preparation years. Yes, yeah. Hallelujah. 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 There are enemies. What you don't know is that this last week, The devil tried to kill Pastor Matthew. He got into a massive, massive car accident and it was not his fault. His car is completely totaled. He now doesn't have a vehicle to drive there in Africa. I don't know what he's going to do. And we have to rent a car when we go there because he was going to use his car. And uh, it was just a freak thing. They, they took him to the hospital. The other two people were taken to the hospital. He was in the hospital for a couple of days. They did scans all over his body. He was having incredible pain. His head was messed up. Everything was messed up. And the spirit of God came on me because I couldn't reach him. And I started to write a text and I felt the anointing come on me. My God, God will even do it through a text. And I started to say in the text as I'm writing, I command you in Jesus name to rise up. And the power of God will go into you when you read this. And he called, he he texted me two days later because he had his phone off in the hospital. And he said, but he came out and he was in agonizing pain. And he said, when I read your text, the Holy Ghost said, read it out loud. And read it as though he's standing in front of you. And he read it out loud and he said, Daddy, I took it, I took it. And within hours, all the pain started to leave my body. The devil tried to kill him. Because of what we're about to start. Last week, I almost got into an accident. Not my fault at all. But because of her intercessory prayers and Joey's intercessory prayers and the staff's intercessory prayers and some of your intercessory prayers, an angel took that steering wheel. I didn't even, I've never experienced that in my life. The steering wheel turned on its own. The man pulled out in front of me at 100 kilometers an hour. I'm about to hit him, T-bone him, probably kill him on his on his driver's side door and something took the steering wheel and it wasn't me and and i had about i don't know this wide barely my car width i braced because i was going to smash into the bridge and an angel and god said to me in minnesota an angel was in the car with you boy an angel steered your car i i looked at that thing and it steered alone without me and i went and i went like this and i made it through why did I not get into an accident? Because she occupied a place in the spirit. Why did Matthew get in the accident? Because the people over there are not occupying a place in the spirit. That's right. Occupying places in the spirit will hold back devils. Oh, yeah. Shama held back Philistines. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. This is real stuff. This is real. Yeah. And we're going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I'm about to gain control, and I think I like it. I have to say gain, not lose, because some folks here get mad at me if I say lose. And let me read you this one quote, please. Please, and I'm closing. My heart burns for Africa. I would like to be there right now, and while I'm considered a strong man for a man of my years, it's only one paragraph, just relax. Those that know me know the energy that I put into my ministry, and it consumes a tremendous vitality. And I have feared, there it is right there, and I have feared that if I came to Africa, I would not be able to stand up to the rigorous, smashing, Holy Ghost campaign that I feel Africa needs. However, And he starts talking about other ministers that worked under him. He said, it would be the greatest joy of my life to be able to go back over there and gather together all these ministers and lead them in one final glorious, ferocious campaign against the devil and his power in Africa. And God spoke to me early this morning, actually last night when I was praying. And he said, I want you to look at the four words, the adjectives that he used in that letter. Because that is the assignment, Mary Chris, he let go. And that, a measure of that assignment, that mantle, I have picked up. And he said, go to Africa with that mantle. Go with that assignment. And he said, I want you to memorize those four words. Because he described listen to me. He described what God wanted to do in Africa with four adjectives And he said I want you to memorize them because I want you to say them I want you to tell the ministers over there these words because i'm going to fulfill them A hundred years has almost passed and God is going to fulfill them. He does things in patterns He does things in patterns with 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 noah He preached a hundred years and then judgment came God uses often hundred year scenarios He's going to do it again. What are the four words? He said that we would have a vigorous, smashing, glorious, ferocious, Holy Ghost campaign against the devil and his power in Africa. So I'm saying as I get on that plane, Father, I'm going for a vigorous, smashing, glorious and ferocious Holy Ghost campaign against the devil and his power. And he does have power in Africa and they will fall because the sun is rising in Africa this week. The sun, and the devil is of concern. That's why he's trying to kill everybody. He's trying to stop me, he's trying to stop Matthew. He's trying to stop things. You know, they've, 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 there's been assassination attempts by Christians against him there because some pastors are so jealous about what he's doing. They've tried to poison his food. And God has warned him and said, don't eat that. They're trying to kill you. This is as real as it gets. But intercessory shamas. That's right. That's right. I've got this land and you're not touching a devil. Amen. Intercessory shamas yes, sir. will stop the force of hell. And we will take that ground for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you by faith for the vigorous, smashing, glorious, ferocious Holy Ghost campaign against the devil and his power in africa father i go with the mantle as you've instructed me this church maybe can't go with me physically but they stand as shama in the field with me and they occupy the place in the spirit with me. And they are staying back with the stuff. I am going down to the battle, but they are staying back with the stuff. And David said, those that stay and those that go will share in the same reward and it will be an eternal ordinance. So father, I go and they stay, but they send me and they stand in prayer with me and they hold the lentil patch with me and they occupy in the spirit with me. And I go father, I go with angels. I go with the mantle. I go with a voice under that mantle to speak. I go with that apostolic office and I go father to take the land for you and we will have in Jesus name that ferocious smashing, glorious vigorous campaign against the devil and his power in that land. And I will come back father with great reports for these shamans. That's what they are. I keep hearing the Holy Ghost say it. They're shamas. They're shamas. Call them shamas. They're shamas. They stand in the patch with you, son. You don't go alone because they stand with you. While you're on the plane, they're standing with you. While you're preaching, they're standing with you. And the devil can't advance because they're standing with you. And we'll take the land in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I commit this trip to you. And I thank you for this special day that you've given me the privilege to preach to them. I don't know if all of them liked it, but Lord, I I have to obey you. I have more fear of you than I have of the people. I don't know if, Lord, I think some people left while I was preaching, and that's good. Lord, bless them, Jesus. Bless them wherever they go, wherever they are. If they're offended, Lord, help them get over it. Because, Father, my job is to preach what you tell me to preach. And, Lord, we're about to start a new five-year training regime on the soil of Africa. And in 100 years, in 28, it will explode. And I go with that message of hope for Pastor Matthew and with his team. And Lord, we thank you that we're doing your work. I didn't author this, you authored it. And it's authored in the Spirit. You've made a place for us here. Yes. So I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. As Taylor goes with me and as, and, as, uh, and as Hortense and Willie go with me, Lord, the four of us go in the power of the Spirit. And we go with shamans standing in the lentil patch with us. And we go with angels and we'll accomplish the will of God. And while I'm gone, we'll be standing in the lentil patch for promise of life Toronto. And my wife, that anointing will come on her and she'll preach and she'll teach and she'll accomplish the plan in my absence. And we give you praise for it. And we give you glory in the mighty, quickly, quickly, quickly. Taylor, come. Uh, Willie and Hortense, come. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for that tangible anointing. I thank you for the graces of heaven to come upon these three. I thank you, congregation, stretch out your hands. Because they bring a divine supply on this trip. Lord, I thank you for graces upon them to handle all the changes and the variances that they will see in culture and in language and in, and in food and in And in the weather and all the things that they're going to face. I thank you for graces in Jesus' name. Graces to come upon them in the name of Jesus. Graces. It will be easy. It will be light in Jesus' name. Graces to be shamans. Graces to be shamans. Graces to stand. And graces to fight with me. And graces to minister with me. And to be a supply in Jesus' name. And this will be the easiest trip, Father. And you'll just take care of all the details. And they'll love every minute. And even though they're out of a comfort zone, they'll still love every minute. And I thank you, Father. This church will be taken care of in my absence. Lord, Jenny, God doesn't cause a lesser because I go and do something. He feeds the sheep well in my absence. And you get ready, because that anointing that came on you today, uh, it'll start coming on you more. I'm saying it to you by the Spirit. Out of the mind and out of the mental arena and into the Spirit and that preaching anointing. That preaching anointing that is in this place of the Spirit and that is on me as your husband will come upon you more often and you will begin to proclaim instead of just say and you'll begin to declare instead of just talk. And you'll see there are times to teach, but there's times to preach. And that anointing is going to come stronger. I hear the Holy Ghost say it. I'm not saying it. I hear him say, lay hands on her, for that anointing will start coming stronger from this day forward. So, Lord, I thank you for that anointing in Jesus' name. Lord, that holy and precious anointing, let it come on her stronger from this day forward. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Out of the mental arena and into your spirit. And that anointing will speak it will it will it will dramatically increase. Hallelujah. Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you Jesus.